Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast. My name is Paul Mann and I will be hosting this episode today uh, we are supported by blue collar street food and we will be talking about the two all draw yesterday with blackpool in the fa cup third round <sighs> alex what do we make of that game yesterday are we bothered do we care what do you think i i'm bothered and i do care but maybe just not as much as a regular league game i guess it was a decent performance in some areas, a poor performance in others. Replay is probably not where anybody really wants. And there was, yes, good and bad, I would say. Yeah, I kind of like, if we look at the senior players, who uh, obviously there was 11 changes yesterday made to the team. So it's kind of a completely different bunch of players, the ones that have been on a really good run recently. Of course, getting four wins on the trot, now only five points away from the playoff. You've got to kind of disassociate it from that team uh, completely. But the senior players that kind of were in and around the team yesterday and starting yesterday were Bulldog, who I thought did really well. Do you think that's a fair point? Yeah, Alex? Bulldog was Bulldog was very impressive. Played up front on his own and really ran his socks off yesterday, to be honest. I don't really think there was much in the way of creativity for him. So it, it felt like he was often on his own. Had a pretty good... Uh, Pretty good end to the first half, pretty good start to the second half before he was taken off. Um, obviously, we have McCleary playing as well on the left, uh, right-hand side. I wasn't overly impressed with McCleary yesterday. I thought he maybe should have stood out a little more against what was a pretty average League One side. They're not, you know, they're not by far and away running away with the league running in League One. I don't really think he stood out particularly. I know he got two assists, but... And I, I don't think it was really one of his top-end performances, Well, Yeah, he got one assist, didn't he? Because Elise sent out the Bulldog. One, oh, of course, yeah. Elise got the pass for Bulldog yeah. as well, yeah. No, no, but if you're Bulldog, if you look at him, he kind of like, he got one off the post in the first half. He also set up a golden opportunity for a beater to score, which I think he should have scored from in the first half. And he scores with a really good finish in the second half. But I agree with John Gareth McCleary. <laughs> It didn't really, it wasn't working for him yesterday. Uh, he did get the assist for Loder, but that took a brilliant finish from Loder in the second half to score that goal. Um, I don't know, Matt Miazga as well. I don't think he had his best game yesterday. He looked really nervous. I think he looked quite shaky, whether that's a combination. Well, I think it's either a combination of coming back from an injury and, and being dropped straight back into the starting lineup or 
lining up alongside what was a pretty inexperienced defence there. It's three players who've all come straight out straight out of the academy. Yes, yeah, three players straight out of the academy, and he's the experienced pro. And how old is he? What, 20? I don't know how old he is, but early 20s, I've got to guess. He was captain um, today as well. And he was, of course, captain as yeah. well. So you, you, you did see him get like a lot of... He was giving out a lot of exp- uh, a lot of advice and a lot of kind of encouragement to the players, but his performance was yeah a little a little shaky. It was not what you would expect from Matt Miazga from what we've seen him so far this season. Yeah, I think what you're right there. I think he was covering for other players yesterday due to that inexperience, um, especially Burley, who came in and is his debut and everything, and he's come through the academy. Um, <laughs> he had a tough day yesterday. Let, let's be uh, honest about it. He did not have a great day, but that does not make him a bad player. He still could become a good player at some point. No, the, the striker dominated him really in terms of pace and strength, which, to be honest, I mean, I'm not quite sure how old Burley is, but it's not that surprising when he's coming up against a player who's starting every week in League One and he's never played a game of professional football before. It's not that surprising that he's going to get dominated because the pace probably is just slightly above where he's been playing at for the, the under-23s. So that's not that surprising. I thought his positioning was pretty good and he did make some pretty good blocks. Um, the block from the penalty was... Yeah, that was... I think the block from the rebound after the penalty was impressive. That that pretty much stopped a, a goal. There was a block in the second half as well. Um, where he blocked it with his head. It was very kind of Liam Moore-esque where the shot came in from outside the area and he just stuck his head in the way. But yeah, he was caught out, I think, just by the experience of the, uh, the Blackpool striker, um, non-delay. non-delay. Yeah. He, he pretty much just had, he, run, he, he kind of ran rings about Burley a little bit, probably just because of his experience and kind of overall strength, I would say. But uh, yeah. as you say, it's not to say that Burley's going to be a bad player. It's just you've got to give him a little bit more time. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if if the club do see something in Burley that it wouldn't surprise me if we see him go out on loan for three or four months for the rest of the season now. Yeah, probably somewhere in non-league, just to toughen him up against these just, players. Yeah, just to get some yeah. minutes as well. That's the other thing, I think, yeah. Yeah, because it's all well and good playing in the academy, but playing against actual adults who are experienced, who've played the game for 10 years, they know how to get ahead of players when they're inexperienced. They don't all the little tricks. And that really showed yesterday from Blackpool because they didn't make many changes. And you could see that they were far more experienced all over the pitch. And in the second half, they dominated the game, I would say. It was a game of kind of like, we did have better chances in the first half. And I'm not sure Blackpool definitely should have won it. What do you think, Alex? Um, the first half, yeah, we did have a lot of good chances for the first, what, half an hour, basically up until they scored the goal, which was very against the run of play. We we could have had two or three in that time had we been slightly more clinical, but we weren't. And once Blackpool took the lead, I think we kind of took our foot off the gas a little bit going forwards. We didn't really create anywhere near as much, and Blackpool did tighten up, and they definitely improved after that. The second half, I felt, was much more... Blackpool than Reading, despite the fact that we actually won the second half 2-1. Um, they obviously missed that penalty and Walker made a good save. I'm not sure if it was a good save or just a piece of good fortune from him, but either way, the ball didn't go in the net, I guess. Um, 
yeah, I would probably say Blackpool maybe edged it slightly, but a draw is probably around about a fair result. Yeah, it's the result nobody wanted, though, wasn't it? Mark Burns saying afterwards that nobody wanted this result. I mean, in the last five minutes, I found it slightly confusing how we were just going nowhere. It's almost like we, we clearly weren't playing for a draw. But it felt like that inexperience really showed. They didn't want to make that mistake. Well, the the the, the problem I had with the, the way that the game kind of played out yesterday was once, once we did um, get that second goal and Bulldog came off, a um, first goal, sorry, once we got the first goal and Bulldog came off, we put Loader onto the field, but there's never really been any evidence that Danny Loader is a central striker on his own. So we essentially had no real striker on the field after Blackpool managed to, um, after after it was 2-2. And there was not really any kind of focal point for us to actually attack into. So there was a lot of like knocking the ball around and trying to find areas to play to, but there wasn't really any, there wasn't really any options up top to actually try and attack the game. No, we also saw the return of Sonio Loco as well into the glorious colours of Redden Football Club, and it's going to be one of those um, appearances that we will forget quite quickly. <laughs> had about two or three memorable moments in half an hour, and I'm still talking memorable moments lasting a few seconds, but. Just he's nothing. Not, uh, no, he, he's he's clearly quite not back at the same speed that you need him to be if he's going to get back into the squad. And I don't think that his performance yesterday is going to give Mark Bowen too many selection problems in the league. Um, wouldn't surprise me if we see him in the replay again, because yeah. as I read yesterday um, on Twitter, he's, he's still got 18 months. I think it's 18 months left on his deal. Might even be longer than that. But he's got at least 18 months left on his deal. No one's going to come in and sign him for money, so we're going to have to give him away essentially to get rid of him. And if you've got a player who's here and you're paying him, like as we've seen with McCleary and Guns this season, is it really worth just like putting them out in the cold and not having them in, in and around the squad at the very least? Yeah, you never know when you might come in. I mean, he didn't look fit at all, which is not surprising because he hasn't played for months, so that's no real shock that he didn't look quite right. Um, on Twitter yesterday, I said Teddy Howe did okay. Now, that seems to have split opinion, definitely. I've seen the penalty incident back now, and I don't think that was a penalty. He's given. It doesn't matter. But... Yeah, no, I, I agree. It definitely looks... It, it definitely split opinion online. As soon as, as soon as the game finished, there was a good portion of people who came out and said that Teddy Howe was very good yesterday and was very impressive, including yeah. yourself. I wouldn't say it was even really impressive. I wouldn't say it was impressive. I would say he was just slightly better than some of the other players. I mean, if you compare him to, say, Burley yesterday, I would say he was better than him. Miazga, I don't think he had a great game yesterday. There was lots of players who weren't that great. I'm not saying he had an outstanding performance, because I don't think that. But, you know, there's different opinions, isn't it? I just felt that like it was a little bit harsh to be slagging him off and saying him off that he's this and this and the worst player on the pitch, you know, stronger than that, obviously. I, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily think he was particularly good defensively. Okay. I think going forwards, he definitely has something about him though. Um, obviously we've seen, we've seen yesterday that he does have a pretty good cross on him. He does get forwards, but defensively I found that he was kind of, or at least 
from my viewpoint that he was kind of caught out of position a couple of times defensively and beaten maybe a little bit too easily. Um, yeah. Definitely and, on the Blackpool first goal, he should definitely put in more effort to block that cross. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. after, I think it was probably around 75 minutes, 80 minutes, I noticed that when he did go forwards, he was he was struggling to get back as well. He was it's really... Fitness though, isn't it, that though? Yeah, that's that's it. He hasn't played enough games. No, it's, so. It wasn't that surprising, but it, you can no. see it. Like after 75 minutes, he was really struggling um, to keep up with the pace of the game there. So, yeah, I think there's there's positives to his performance. We'll see. He probably just needs... I think it's kind of similar to where Omar Richards probably came in to the top side, where he, he looked very good going forwards when he came in. And defensively, people said, oh, he's kind of all over the place. How's probably where Omar Richards was 18 months ago. Yeah. I think Omar's Richards actually was one of the more solid players yesterday. Yeah. I, I thought he did okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he did quite well, to be honest, at left back. Um, it was a little bit of a weird selection, I think, for Omar Richards to be left back and a beater to be left midfield. Mm. I don't know whether that was a kind of a personal preference from a beater or whether that was a Bowen thing, but it was a little bit of a weird one. But yeah, I think Richards was was absolutely solid at left back. It didn't really have any any issues there at all. Yeah, another one of Beto did okay. He missed his chance in the first half, but, I mean, people miss chances. But he did okay. I'm not sure he's going to be bothering any of our central midfield options at the moment with that kind of performance, though. So I think he drifted a lot as well. Um, it looked like he was meant to be playing like wide left in the same kind of role McCleary was on the right-hand side and. He, he drifted inside quite a bit. Um, and I don't know, it felt like it was a, just a little bit of a blunt performance from a beater. When he did pick up the ball, it was not always... He didn't always seem to be able to drive the game forwards, necessarily. Um, and he relied quite a bit on Richards with the overlap. That, that said, it wasn't a bad performance particularly. It just wasn't a memorable one, as such, from him. No, no, definitely. It's just getting more fitness for him as well, isn't it? After so long out and not playing regularly now. As someone who who worries me whenever I see them in the lineup is Sam Walker. Now, the first goal yesterday, that's not a clanger. It's not a huge clanger, but I think possibly he should have saved it. The second one, it's really hard to tell. I'm, personally, I think that was a good finish and I'm not sure he should be saving that. But there was other incidents in the in the game when he drops the ball in the second half. Like he said, he makes a save. But does he know that much about it? I know some people will be listening saying, but Raphael didn't know much about it when it hit him in the face. <laughs> but Sam Walker just worries me. Do you feel the same, Alex? Yeah, I wasn't overly impressed. I, the first goal, I actually thought he saved it from... I was sitting at the other end and I thought, I thought he'd saved it. But um, I don't know. It kind of just goes straight through him. It was a little bit unimpressive there. It, the, the problem I kind of have is that he just doesn't really command enough respect in, in the box. When he's coming for the ball, as you said, he drops it. He doesn't really claim it. And he just it worries me at the, at the back. Um, I don't really see what we have to gain from playing Sam Walker either, unfortunately. Like, I... I saw Bowen's quote about how he's, you know, patiently waited as a number two and stuff. But I think he must, he knows he's number two. He's not stupid. Like he's, he's not sitting there, you know, clamoring for game time. I'm sure he knows that Raphael's ahead of him in the team. Um, but also he must realize that we've got a pretty, 
or we've got at least what two, three academy goalkeepers who are all pretty good potential um, keepers at the club. You know, Southwood was obviously on the bench yesterday. We've got Boyce Clark and um, I want to say it's Andreasen. Yeah, we're going. I can't, yeah, yeah, I can't remember the third keeper's name, but the we've got some decent keepers in the academy, and Walker must realise that you know he's he's not going to be here forever. So it, it's not like he's the one clamouring for game time. So it just seems like an odd decision to play play Walker. I, I don't really see the benefit particularly. Um, I guess one of the reasons maybe because we have such a young backline. You know, I'm not saying it was the right reason. That could be one of the reasons, and also. Like you just said, it's been kind of a little bit of a reward because he's probably really good in training. He keeps up kind of morale. I'm making him sound like a joker in the pack here. But um, it's kind of, if you never get a chance to play in a cup game and you're right there at the club and you're helping the other goalie with Raphael and all that kind of stuff, I don't know, it'd be a bit demotivating. I personally think we should have played Southwood still. But, you know. Uh, yeah, I would have played Southwood. I would probably play Southwood in the replay now. As yeah. long as he's still at the club and he hasn't gone back up to Scotland by that point, I would nearly, I would see no reason to be playing Walker particularly because why wouldn't you play Southwood just to see at least kind of what you've got? If he's not going to be good enough, then fine, he's not going to be good enough. But you can't send him out on loan for months and months and months and months um, and not let him like actually show what he's got when he, he comes back. It just seems pointless to say, oh, yeah, you've been out on loan in Scotland, played in the Scottish Premier League, and now you're going to come back and sit on the bench for us behind a keeper who no one's really got much faith in. Yeah, I, I, it must be affect the defenders that he's around, his lack of ability to catch the ball. I mean, which is a bit of an issue. I mean, I'm sure he's a lovely person and all that, but I just see him on a football front. And he just, when, when I see his name, I knew that something was going to happen. That was going to make me think, why is he still here, really? I mean, just... None of the mistakes... I mean, Joe Virginia's been just as bad, though. So... Yes, that's true. I mean, none of the mistakes he made yesterday were calamitous, that's the thing. It's just that it's a lot of small things that all add up to you going well. Dropping the ball in the second half, Alex, that was... I mean, they didn't, yeah. They should have... That was... It wasn't a foul. I know he got given the foul from it, but that wasn't a foul. Um, Blackball, kind of unfortunate that that went against them. But yeah, I think it's just a lot of it's a lot of small things that if if Raphael was to do one of those things in a game, you'd be like, oh, that's it's not great. But yeah. it's a lot of these small things which add up over time um, in one match, and yeah, it just doesn't really provide you with much confidence that he's an able backup, I guess. So now we're going to have the replay. Personally, I'll play virtually. I mean, depending on who we get in the draw. Um, but even then, I'm playing under-23 team virtually in that team when we play the replay. Throwing a couple of, like, a Luco and all those kind of players, maybe. But I would, Yeah, I would play nearly the same starting 11. I would probably bring Adam into the team, um, if possible, just because I, I feel like we, yesterday we kind of lacked a little bit of creativity. I don't really think Boye added anything at all yesterday. Like he he beats two men and then he just can't do the simple pass at the end. Yeah, which yeah. It, I've seen that so it, much from him. Yeah, if you're in the side and you can do that, like you're just losing, but you're losing the ball in the in the with the final pass. What's the point of you being in the side? You're just wasting the ball every time. 
Um, yeah, so I would probably, if, I think for the replay, I'd probably drop out Boye. I'd move Elise up. I think he played well yesterday, given where he was actually positioned on the field. It looked like Bowen picked him basically to give him minutes because I don't really think he's that kind of deep-lying central midfielder. And as soon as he stepped up with the ball, he looked much better and he looked much more creative. But he was sat alongside Rinomota and it didn't really work for me necessarily, him playing there. Um, what did you think of Rinomota yesterday? Uh, I think you can see why he's not necessarily been the... He's not necessarily the first-choice defensive midfielder currently. He looked fine, but he doesn't he he doesn't dictate the game. I think he he does a lot of running and a lot of chasing, and he does a lot of things well. But he doesn't necessarily um, he doesn't necessarily kind of like grab the ball and take hold of the game. It feels like a lot of the time he's the one who's kind of like chasing the game. Um, so I think he he'll always look good no matter who he's playing against. I think that's kind of something that I've come to realise about Rinomotris, he's going to look good against whoever we play against because he's got the opportunity to kind of chase the ball um, in this system. Whereas if we go back to a system, say, from a couple of years ago when we were under Stam and we've got to keep the ball, does Rinomotris necessarily look as good? Probably not. Um, His decision-making on his passing is becoming a bit of a habit. They go past a couple of players, maybe, with the run like he does, keeping the ball, and then his final pass, it's quite sloppy. Or we hold on to the ball for too long whilst making his decision, and then he gets caught in possession. And I think opposition teams have worked out, if you just track him for a few seconds, that you might get that chance. Because... He might make the mistake, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a big Renovator fan. Um, last season, he was really decent. Mm. Not not surprising really that he was you know in that player of the season player of the season um, award last year, but yeah I think he's he, maybe he's just struggling to kind of kick on. It, it, it's similar I guess to like what happened to Liam Kelly a couple of years ago, um, who had a very strong first season and then the second season it was not necessarily as easy to kind of keep up that kind of level of performance. I, I'm not going to write Renamoto off of based no, off one performance against Blackpool in the cup because that's that would be ridiculous. I think it's probably a good thing that he's not necessarily the first story central midfielder currently. Um, probably for us and for him because at least he's able to kind of you know sit back and try and work on his game a little bit outside of you know first team action. What yesterday did show is that our squad doesn't really have that much depth in quite a few areas. So with the January transfer window coming up, what kind of areas do you think that we need to be kind of covering, Alex? I'm going to straight away, I'm going to say we need goalies. I think we both agree on that. We need a backup goalie, not a first choice goalie. I I think it depends really if you want to keep Salford around or not. Yeah, I, yeah, I of course. If he's, uh, yeah. I don't know what Bowen's opinion on Southwood is. If Southwood is, you know, acceptable, then do you really need to get one? Probably not. And I, I think the problem is, I don't know, I think Walker's contract is up this summer, potentially. And as much as we would probably like to have a different backup goalkeeper to Walker, how many times are they going to play before summer? No, they, this is the problem, is finding that right balance. You're it right. Is, if, so, yeah, if they're only going to play once or twice, and are you really 
do you really want to go out and, and invest your time and money looking for a backup goalkeeper who may not even play ahead of Walker this this or play ahead of Raphael this season? Um, but would you want to have the problem is with Southwood we've never seen him play in the Championship at all. I would imagine he's, he's got to be a level. He's got to be a, a reasonable level. Hibs, like he's been at Hibs for the, this season, and he's played. I think it's like ten games or something for Hibs before. Um, I would think so. Yeah, I, just, a, I can't really say that because I've never seen him actually. Yeah, no, I've never seen really, him play. Yeah. I can't yeah. say I watched any of his games for Hibs, but from all accounts, from what I've kind of read, the Hibs fans all want him back up in Scotland. Uh, so it's he's got to have kind of something about him to be playing in the Scottish Premier League. It's not. I know it's a public to most people, but he's still like, he's performing against reasonable players, and you know a lot of those players, uh, maybe not a lot, but a reasonable amount of those Premier League players in Scotland do end up playing and coming down to the Championship and like you know Upper League One, and so it's not as if he's gonna he's not gonna be a complete joke if he came into the team. He's not gonna get caught out, um, particularly. I think it's just maybe a lack of inexperience, but then it's. The question of do you go with inexperience or experience to your backup goalkeeper? Um, uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't bother particularly with a backup goalkeeper in the transfer window. It would be a nice thing to get, but I'm not too worried if we don't get one. I think we need another central midfielder, though, because if one of those three gets injured, which one of them will at some point, it's almost inevitable, you need someone to come in. I feel I'm not sure we got the right option there to come in. If you're going for the playoff spots, which Mark Bone is now saying that we are, and we are. Only five points off the playoffs. I think it's six now, Paul. But yeah, it's a six. Point, okay, yeah, five, point eight, six points, same. whatever. That's not that many, is it? Same, same deal. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, central midfielder. Yeah, that would be a nice addition again. Um, the the it, it kind of comes down to the same problem as back at goalkeeper in a way because it's who do you bring in who's going to improve the squad, um, but not necessarily get too agitated that they're not first team. Um, I feel like Swift and Ajari are obvious selections every week currently. Pele is playing well enough that you're not going to drop him currently. And you've still got Rinomota there and you've still even got players like Alise as you know your youth team who can step up if you need them to. Um Rinomoto is no replacement for Swift, Adam. No, he's not. I agree. We don't have that kind of creative player. There's been a, I mean, there was a couple of links in summer with us uh, for us uh, looking at like some lower league players. Um, Seem we've been linked with Moet at Barnsley as well, Mm. um, who's central midfielder, and he's he's a pretty good player. I I've watched him play a couple of times. quite like him I don't know if he's necessarily a swift kind of player but I do think he's he's a reasonable ball player he can control ball pretty well but I think he's going to be more of your kind of he's probably in a he's probably more of a Rinomoto with a slightly better skill set I would say um if he was to come in I yeah I don't I don't know if we're going to go out and sign a central midfielder again I think it would be nice I saw that Baker's obviously had his loan terminated as well Lewis Baker Love yeah <laughs> everyone's going to go back to I think we're going to go back to him he's, it's a bit like the like the Shane Long and Gilfie Sigurdsson rumours where people went back and were like yeah let's <laughs> go on forever even when he retires we're going to be linked with Shane Long yeah we're going to be linked 20 with years time is he Long, coming Gilfie back <laughs> and Lewis Baker for the rest of time aren't we um, I, I, I don't think 
Baker's coming back to Reading. No, I don't think he's realistically. Well. I'd be very surprised if he does, um, just purely because I think Chelsea will source out another move for him elsewhere. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if he even wants to play in the Championship. Obviously, he was in the Bundesliga in the first half of the season. I think he'll probably head back out to Europe again, maybe Vitesse or somewhere again where he's performed before so yeah I think maybe the championship is the league for him though I'm not saying he's going to come to us because I don't think he will but I think maybe that's where he's going to play his best football he needs to play every single week as we discovered with Lewis Baker this is now turning into a Lewis Baker love fest and I just I'm enjoying that (laughs) but we must get back on track here so yeah I don't think we need to make many signings at at all two or three at most because you're going to disrupt the team if you bring too many players. Would you would you be happy though, Paul, if we didn't make any signings? Um, I wouldn't be too bothered. It depends on what our situation is injury wise on the last day of the window. I guess it change everything. Yeah, so if we went in with say no injuries, do you, would you want anybody to sign? Um, no, I, I don't think that would be a disaster. Not no, really, because I kind of know. agree. Which then then it leads to the question of do you really need to sign anybody? Well, sometimes you need the luxury, don't you? Because if you're going to go for the playoffs, you need a little bit more quality and to be able to rotate slightly. Depends what your aim is for the season. If your aim is to stay in the championship, we're going to be absolutely fine, I think. I don't think that's going to be a problem. But if your aim is to push up the league, you've got to have that player you can bring off the bench who can perhaps change the game for that 15 minutes or so. Yeah, I I don't actually think our bench depth is necessarily that bad. It's just once we have an injury, two injuries, maybe a suspension, then you start to like look at it and you think, well, which will happen. Is it? it yeah, it will happen at some point. And then it then it's like then you're starting to kind of look at the you're you're kind of getting into the bottom of the barrel situation mm-hmm. with the squad. Um, and maybe that's just something like you kind of like need to think that maybe in the summer is when we actually really improve the squad. And then we've got the solid base from this season. So if we finish ninth, tenth, that is not a disaster by any means. I mean, that would, I would that would be delighted if we finished. Yes, considering the start, so, that would be really top. Yeah, and then you're only looking at making three or four signings and then you've got everything there that you need. And I'm assuming that... I don't know. It doesn't seem inconceivable that someone like Matt Miazga could sign on a permanent deal, does it really? Uh, <laughs> putting me on the spot. Matt Miazga, permanent deal, prob- possibly. I mean, I don't I think, think he's, gonna could come, he's not going to come cheap. No, he's not going to come cheap, but players isn't money doesn't seem to be a huge issue. I mean, we've got a striker that's worth eight million and we've looked better without him. That is very true. Yes. You know, so... It's kind of amazing how we've managed that because Puskas, I would say, now is our third choice striker. I don't see Puskas getting straight back into the side now when he comes back. No. No, that'll be interesting to see. So I will be back with the preview show on Thursday night and we'll be talking about our game against Nottingham Forest and hopefully we can make it five wins on the trot. Thanks a lot for listening and uh, I'll be back then. Cheers. Thanks, Alex.